Hey friends. So I'm really excited about this podcast. I think that we blew up a few things like the idea that we need to stockpile to be self-sufficient or to be quote unquote preppers and ready for whatever is coming next. I think that might be a lie. Maybe a great marketing tactic. Who knows? And a lot more. All of these are lessons that we've learned from our year of rest here on the homestead. And we wanted to give you a follow up and share. We just learned so much and can't wait to share. Hey friends! Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. give you a little bit of an update on our Shemitah year of rest on the farm. I, well, I feel like we're not resting technically. The land itself is resting as per the sort of legislation, I guess, <laughs> the rules and regulations that are listed in the scripture. So we decided to kind of jump in full force this year and give it a try, even though it also was a little bit scary because you know, we feel like we need to grow more food all the time, but we didn't this year. Yeah, we have a lot of growing mouths, so, you know. Growing mouths to feed. To yeah. feed, yeah. <laughs> and it, it is really weird. I don't know, like, all right, I think we have to go back a little bit. So, like, after September, when we kind of announced to everybody that we were taking the year off, then we started custom grazing. That's the fancy way to say it. Uh, some pigs for somebody. And so, like... Within a month, our barn was full of... Whoa, 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 whoa. First, we have, we have like a literal outline. He's totally just... Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so our expectations were much different than I think what our, the payout has been. You know, I think that I thought that it would basically just give the plants and the land to show us what it's made of. Kind of all our hard work for the last you know, 10 years out here oh, yeah, that's what you're saying. would sort of just provide us with enough to sustain us through this year. <laughs> and, you know, we'd be like, oh, look, we can take a break every once in a while. You and know? like, there would be like volunteer plants popping yeah, everywhere. up everywhere. And everywhere. Just, it would be like a garden, like the Garden of Eden that like God planted. A little bit. And, yeah. yeah. That's, and I, you know, <laughs> I, also ex- I expected to spend a lot more time like foraging and, and getting to know the local things growing native to our area that we can consume. We've done a little bit of that, but it ha- even that, you know, we aren't prepared to survive on that alone. I think we need to still get better about it because I do think there's like nourishment in those plants that we can't get from like propagated plants. Like the sprouts of greenbrier. Yeah. But, we definitely yeah. eat that more. You know, as I walk around the property, I'll just grab it and eat it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, like there's thinking about the hickory nuts that we gathered and how we struggled to even get them open and you know there are better ways to go about it but it still was not all right so we had to tell the there's a pretty funny story we gathered up all these black walnuts like we have like one of those big oh yeah we have one of those big wagons like that you tow behind like a mower like a gorilla cart i think is the brand Mm. and so we have this black walnut tree and we're like all right kids we're gonna gather up all these black walnuts and then we'll dry them in the greenhouse and then we'll be able to crack them open and we'll have black walnuts which are delicious so like we all went out and spent like a good amount of time and a couple of visits and 
like filled up this black wagon almost twice, I think. Uh, uh, several times, yeah, maybe more. With black walnuts. Because we did like white buckets and yeah. Yeah, we just kept bringing I mean, them in. We had probably had like 50 gallons, if not more, of these black walnuts. And we laid them all out on these like shelves in the dry kind of thing. Yeah, in the hoop house because we were like, this is a perfect spot, they'll dry. And I don't know how much later it was, but we went out there later. Well, it was like bit by bit. You kind yeah. of realize what was happening. So you would like look over the shelf. You're like, something, something seems kind of weird. And we also had acorns that we had gathered um, drying there. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. But and it, yeah, just yeah, we like, were like really going to live off the land. Yeah, we were going to, yeah, we were going to like make. <laughs> that was going to be our main source. It was going to be like acorn nut <laughs> <just> butter. <laughs> Not really. But... <laughs> it's a good thing that it wasn't. Uh, so, so then uh, one day it dawned on me that like all of our black walnuts were gone. We're kind of gone. I mean, yeah. we were still like in there pretty regular. Oh, I guess we did that in the fall. So it was kind of the dead season in the greenhouse. Cause you know, you don't really get back in there yeah. until it's spring and it's warm enough for your seedlings to go out. So we weren't spending a lot of time in there, obviously. So yeah, like a family but of, somebody was. a family of squirrels <laughs> and mice, all the little woodland creatures. It was. I have a, a straight smorgasbord. Yeah. But whole, I mean, like, there's also the story of the dead sheep. I mean, how many sheep did we lose in this in the fall? And you know, it's like yeah. the Shemitah year, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be abundant, and like, we'll have all the, this, we'll just like, leave, we'll just live on land on what we've already done. <laughs> and the lamb, I mean, we lost half of Five. our herd in one fell swoop. Yeah. So they got into like a bag of grain, and they all we did a whole call or podcast on yeah. that because yeah. it was a devastating blow yeah. actually but but yeah i mean so in that way like there's been less like you know abundance from this place that we have been working for the last 10 years than we've ever seen and that's a little disheartening <laughs> to to be fair however as Drew was going to say, I think we've learned an even more important lesson this year. At least I have, like looking back, like reflecting, okay, so what is the lesson and, you know, what's the point of a Shemitah and how in the world can I look back? Well, so I've had a revelation and I think the revelation, and you'll probably hear me like kind of ranting about this a lot for a while in the future and all over social media and maybe make some t-shirts. I don't know. Because I think I've had a really important revelation and I think Drew has too. And that is that we can't really do it ourselves. I think, you know, even if we have been gardening this year, a lot of things just didn't do do very well, you know, that we rely on. Like the raspberry or blackberry bushes pretty much failed. I mean... It just wasn't a blackberry year. Yeah. The grapes are looking medium. We have peaches that didn't not a single one was good i mean to to be fair we were not like being proactive about pest management and that kind of thing but well i will say like that yeah you have to like really like we did not put up bird netting and we did not like part of shemitah is like to allow the wildlife to eat it and, and they eat it they did and they yeah <laughs> and then they do i feel like like they like i don't know if it's like this on everybody's homestead but like Maybe the animals know that. It's oh, the deer have up. like decided yeah. that it is it is their year to shine. Maybe they know. Yeah. Maybe they're like, all right, well, this is ours this year, yeah. so because that's how they're treating it. I've had a hosta this year that I've, that's never been eaten before. It's been demolished, and we also have Jerusalem artichoke we've grown for years. It's never been eaten. It's completely nubbed to the ground. I mean, it's just insane, kind of. Yeah. The amount of destruction that we've had from those crazy beasts, but anyways. That all to say that I think that the message 
is that we we can't ever really rely 100% on ourselves. So no amount of stockpiling or even learning these self-sufficiency skills will ever fix the problem that is today's social norm of isolation, independence, and even freedom. I mean, we are constantly talking to people who want to like live off-grid, and the truth is you just cannot live by yourself alone and be thriving. I think it will always be a life of struggle, and I don't think that anyone really – you know, I think homesteaders go into this lifestyle thinking, you know, there's more I can do with my life, but I don't think that means that we have to be struggling all the time. And this year for sure has been a struggle just watching everything kind of like grow over, honestly. Like I think, oh my gosh, how much more work we're going to have to do next year (laughs) when we try to clear these beds out. But I will tell you, Drew recently made a post about just the first year you're on your property and how you should sit there and just really reevaluate everything like evaluate I should say for the first time before you do anything you should you should just sit and watch and this year has been a, a year to do that again and I mean we didn't do that the first year we were here no, at all no. like we kind of pretended like we were doing that but we're like, well right. we'll just get to cut down trees and put this fence in over here and you get know some animals. get a ton of livestock and like, <laughs> it's not really doing anything but anyway so that's um, how. That's why we're so good at talking to new telling new people <laughs> and helping them like know the right steps because we did. All there are wrong. things you can do, yeah, yeah. infrastructurally <laughs> that makes sense that are like investment in your future. But anyway, all of that to say that this year we've been able to do that a little bit more than we have done that. I mean, we just don't take the time to do that to look at the structure of our homestead and see how it's evolved and what we can do moving forward so even this past weekend we're like you know we're telling all these people they need to manage the water on their property they need to know where the roof water is going and you know have a backup system and all these things and we're a little spoiled because we have a pond so we sort of in the back of our heads we're like yeah we have this giant pond we'll be set if there's a water problem we've got a, a berkey we can filter and we can come up with a pumping system to water everything well this year, and finally, this past week, we got some IBC totes, and they're going to be hooked into our uh, our gutter system so that we are harvesting this incredible amount of rainwater that then is also going to be uphill. And Yeah, we can now we'll store almost a 1,000 gallons between the totes yeah. on the top of our hill. So, yeah, Which, I, I feel really good about that. Yeah, I feel good about that, too, and other little projects. And I feel like we're just kind of looking around more than we normally do because we're so busy with our heads to the ground doing all the things, you know, picking and weeding and digging new plots and planting new things. And this year we're really not doing that. So it has given us a chance to sort of even reevaluate. Just the other day we were reconfiguring the garden in our minds. How could we better um, use the space that we garden in? You know, maybe we should plant some door fruiting trees and really just set up some guilds in there and really kind of establish it more as like a, you know, the annuals go in there, but there's this baseline of perennials that are going to kind of pave the way. So, I mean, there's just a lot of learning that we've been able to do or observation, I would say. But then in addition to that, Drew was going down a path I'll let him complete oh, now. Yeah. I, I already left that <laughs> do path. Do you remember yeah. that path? Yeah. I think for me, it, it's been two twofold so far. And I, I hesitate to say too many lessons because, I mean, it's not over until September. It so, ain't over till it's over. So we've got a ways to go. But I think what I've been learning is like the abundance that comes from community. Mm. And we were just joking the other day, like we're like, we're never going to garden again because (laughs) all of our friends are like, hey, like, 
come, I'm going out of town. Come pick my tomatoes. Or here, I had too some, much squash. Or yeah. something. I don't know what to do with it all. And Can it's a, it's amazing. And like, Lacey we've and been I, trading, like, yeah. and just uh, yeah, it's been incredible. And just receiving, yeah. like, there's a and lot of receiving. power. Like, I always think about this is like, you know, the having your hand open to receive mm. is as important as giving, and you can't. Maybe more because yeah, you it's can't far more give humbling. if you it's can't receive. Humbling. Right. It's humbling to not have a garden when we're walking around telling people how to garden. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So and to take produce from someone else when we're the ones who are used to like having way more than Yeah. You. It is it is I, I do find it difficult. Like my gut reaction still is like people are like, Oh, I got a bag of whatever produce do you want it and i'm always like no and i'm like wait yes actually i do like i don't have that this year <laughs> no, we'll it's, take it all it's it kind of it's a strange thing and except I, for cucumbers we're yeah so we're set up do not bring us cucumbers <laughs> but we can give cucumbers to somebody yes. else how powerful is that to like Giving get get so much abundance on a year that you're not growing a garden that you can actually give abundance from the abundance you were given okay we had this really fun thing happen today that i think is really just like it's just a kind of exciting kind of like full circle example of that a little bit. So Drew was talking about the pigs that stayed here. And when the pigs stayed here, our friend who keeps these pigs feeds them mainly food scraps, food waste that comes out of the food system at large because there's a ton of food waste. And so she would bring that here and we would kind of ferment it a little bit and then give it to the, the pigs. At one point, we literally, our barn was full of pumpkins, full to the brim. Like yeah, full. a mountain I don't know pumpkins. how you like guesstimate the the tonnage of pumpkins, but it was several truckloads and it was all kinds, all shapes and sizes. And so that was really exciting, obviously, not to mention a ton of other produce that was perfectly good to eat that we were able to keep, use, uh, preserve, and then also give away. So, I mean, that was incredible too. But now, okay, these pumpkins we fed the pigs have sprouted all over our property. There's literally squash plants everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> all over all of the places that those pigs went are squashes. Um, they're growing and they're fruiting and they're flowering. And yesterday we had somebody come to market and uh, they sell a lot of edible flowers. And she said she had a customer who was looking for squash flowers. And did we know anybody? And I, I was like, oh, we actually probably don't. Well, and she plan. said she wanted like 50, which to me sounded like a lot. I'm like, I don't, I mean. It didn't sound like a lot to me. It just sounded like, well, I don't think I want to deal with that. You know, I don't even know. I haven't looked at them to see how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but then the person reached out to me again and this other, other person, the caterer that was making something with these squash plants was kind of desperate. <laughs> and I was like, look, I have a ton going on. You know why I, don't... I was thinking about it is because this time of year, the squash bugs have killed all, everybody's squash a lot of squashes, plants. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Anyhow, they, you know, they were desperate for these squash flowers and, you know, they have a wedding coming up. I think it's on the menu and they like, literally need these for Saturday. And I, you know, I was like, okay, fine. If you can pay me this price because we have so much going on, then I'm happy to go out and pick these squash flowers and, and they're all yours. So it took us like an hour to do that and get them all nice and a cooler and ready for them. And it's like an additional layer of, yeah, of, it's like abundance on top of it. Yeah. yeah that yeah. came from that crazy amount of pumpkins that we had just because, you know, for whatever reason. So anyway, and just, I think that is the lesson. And, and also I just wrote up this whole post about this, but that I, a lot of people are talking about how do we be more self-sufficient and how do we like fix this broken food system and how do we deal with the rising prices and, and all of that. And I have to tell you that I've heard a lot of terrible advice out there, a ton of terrible advice. And even, and I've taken this advice a little bit too, and that is to stock up. So when you're at the store stockpile, get like more of what you would normally get, like an extra of, of the things that you would normally get. 
Now that's only if you're at the Salvation Army thrift store. Yeah, and that, in which case <laughs> it's like so like organic grass fed macaroni and cheese that you yeah it's normally three dollars a box is twelve cents a box. Yeah. In that case, okay, stockpile. That's different. What I'm talking about, like the things that are in the store every time you go, stockpiling those things, and I don't, I can't get behind that anymore. And for this reason, because that won't even save you. I mean, the truth is, what will you get? Like two extra weeks, three extra weeks, maybe an extra year. The truth is, we can never rely on the stores that we build. We can never rely on our own ability to be self-sufficient. The only thing that we can rely on, and I think this Shemitah year has been a pure, prime example of is the community that you're forging. And I think as homesteaders, we tend to really ignore the need to do that. And it's usually the first thing that we tell people who are homesteading to do. You have to have not only a support network, and I'm not talking about like everybody has to be a homesteader, but everybody in your community, you need to know your neighbors. You need to love your neighbors. You need to garden with your neighbors. You need to be the one they call when they go out of town and the one they ask for favors and vice versa. You know, it's like, you just can't do this alone. It's like physically impossible. Well, and I'll say like our network is like your neighbor doesn't necessarily have to be the person next door to you on your property either. Although that'd be great. That that would be <laughs> ideal. But, you know, like your your network can go out. I'm setting this up, Drew, to invite everyone to join our farming. So please stop uh, right, what you're yeah. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Not yet. Although, if I get enough interest, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it goes back, like, also to the creator of the world knows, and the creator of us knows that we need community. Like, we, we as a family watch that show alone, and it's just insane to see these people that, like, you're like, oh, that person's going to last forever out there alone. But no, the people generally crack because they're alone. Oh, not just alone alone. It's almost even worse when you're alone with your family because then the only people you have are each other. And I've seen so many people, heard so many stories of people's marriages falling apart and their kids leaving and never wanting to come home. And I mean, just a lot of kind of really sad situations happen because you think I've got this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like live the American dream, like Paul Bunyan or something. I don't know. But we just really need to, I think. I prefer David Crockett. The other thing is I wanted to say, and this is something that I I like to talk about at great length, is that you cannot defeat the system within the system, okay? So you can't go into a Walmart and stockpile food from Walmart and then complain about how the food system is totally broken. (laughs) (laughs) You just cannot do that. I mean, Um, you can. People do. No, you... (laughs) You shouldn't. You need to see that that is not an effective way to build self-sufficiency or or resilience. And the way to build resilience is to immediately right now stop buying your food at a big box store and start buying it as local as you can. And it, maybe yeah. like a local or grocery store chain even is better than the bigger guy, right? I was but, talking to one of our friends that's a beef farmer and he, he was like... Beef. 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 Yeah. yeah. Not beet. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Dwight, it wasn't Dwight. I, I thought you said B, but B would be better. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but he was just saying, he's like, you know, I generally run out of beef and I have like these consistent customers that come to me and buy beef from me. He's like, and if the end of the world comes and the grocery store shelves are empty, like I'm going to give my consistent customers Amen. meat first. Because they're not only your consistent customers, they are your community. They, they are, are your, your friends. Yeah. Those are the people you're going to care about in the right. end, not the people yeah. that were fair weather friends, you know? Right. Like, that's just, so we have to, and, and not only that, but like if 
if we're building an infrastructure and these farmers can up their systems to support our needs for real, not just on a whim when you feel like going to the farmer's market once every month or so, but for real like existence on and subsistence from these lower, smaller scale places that are local to you. That is how we build resilience. We build a system. We build our own system. Yeah. We, we get out of the other system altogether yeah. and like, that's the best A if you want to be a revolutionary. This is it. Like that's how you do Build it. Build your own system. Forget about yeah. the weapons. You don't need bullets if your community loves and supports you, right? Well, maybe like, for hunting. Well, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you also don't need gold because the truth is we all have something of value that we bring to the table that in that's just how we are designed. I mean, I don't think that the intelligent creator who made this earth and ecosystems that work so beautifully and harmoniously then also invented a bunch of humans that can only do one thing. You know, like he made us so that we can work together and and create something beautiful. And I mean, I think that it's clear and evident if you're a reader of scripture, there's so much of it dedicated to agrarian laws and um, lifestyle. lifestyle and communal lifestyle. That is the intention. And I think that we are, we have moved so far into this, like, like I individualistic society that we're really struggling. I think a lot of people are feeling it. Like let's get back together, but it's just, it's so much more necessary than I think we're giving credit. But anyway, so, so bringing all that back to Shemina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like if that all isn't an important lesson for me to learn personally, right? I yeah. think, you know, if that's what this has all been about, then it was worth it. I think so. Like I, I think ultimately like that, is a benefit of being able to sit back and do something different than your normal routine. I was going to say yeah. like sit back and relax, but it, yeah. it's not, we're, we're not like sitting here like twiddling our thumbs We're it's just our normal annual behavior has been disrupted. And I think there's a lot of power in that disruption. Yeah. You know, when you look at like grazing and gardening and everything else, the disruption is what, bring something else change change and yeah. i will say there is something like extremely comforting about picking produce in somebody else's garden right i'm telling you like seriously it's like you can go to somebody else's garden and pick the produce and feel like oh Connected hey, i'm them. not the only one who can do this like we could do this together you know like i can help yeah. them and they can help me and like I mean, it's we are it's, taking applications. If you want us to come to your garden and pick your your produce, we will come to your be, garden. And we won't even charge you mileage, right? If you're within, yeah, we will just know. come and pick your produce. Yeah, anyways, yeah. So I think I think that's a that's a lesson. If you haven't learned already, then it's time to start really evaluating. You know, how are you going about your day to day? Is it reliant on like solely the power of your own self? Is it reliant on the community, and I think thereby the creator himself. I think we, he obviously did not. We were not created solo, so we aren't intended to live solo. So stop trying. Stop trying to be solo. <laughs> yeah. And Except plan for a disruption. Yes. Like you don't. How can you upset your normal routine right. for the no. sake of what happens next? Yeah, and letting loose of that. Mm. All right. So my thought is we will have one more of these. Shmita episodes like maybe after Shmita, like in September or something. We'll, we'll when give is it you, over officially? Like October. Rosh Hashanah. October. Yeah, October. October. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll let we'll you know back. then. We'll, yeah. We'll be back. 
But thank you for listening. And if you need help with your homestead and you want some ideas on a maybe a Shemitah year or something different and just need a place to get started or some ideas, we'd love to help you with that. We have what's called the Holistic Homestead Audit where we come out and meet with you or meet with you online and go over your homestead, get some plans for you, get you pointed in the right direction. And you customize a your lot efforts. of times it's um, telling you to stop doing things and <laughs> relax or, or focus a different way. It's everybody's different. And the fun thing is that we get to meet with you and make it like totally custom to what's going on on your homestead and in your life. Absolutely. But um, that's at the schoolhouselife.com at the top. It says holistic homestead audit and uh, go ahead and get your scheduled.